When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host Matt Carter. Today, we are going to break down NC State's 22-21 victory over Virginia Tech on Thursday night. It was a game that had a little bit of everything for NC State fans, and we will talk about the specifics there. But before we get into all that good stuff, um, some quick Reminders for the listeners and viewers at home, please remember you can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Plus, we're always on YouTube where you can watch us on YouTube. And if you do, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, and drop a comment while you're at it. You can follow us on social media, at The Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can give me a follow, at Justin H. Will on Twitter. Uh, go Head over to thewolfpacker.com. Take advantage of a special deal going on right now for just 10 bucks. You can get premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com and the On3 network through the beginning of next football season, college football season, that is. So uh, your premium subscription would take you through the end of August for just 10 bucks. It's a great deal. Take advantage of it now while it's still around. Uh, as a member of thewolfpacker.com, you'll be privy to all of the premium NC State Athletics news and information, including recruiting intel, access to the message boards. You want to know about all the inside scoops, everything NC State before it, hits the masses, you need to be a member of thewolfpacker.com and unlock that access to the message board. So head over there now and take advantage of that special deal. Just 10 bucks takes you through the beginning of next college football season. Last but very, but definitely not least, please go support our sponsor of the podcast, rogueshop.com, rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com for all of your Delta 8 and CBD cannabis needs. They've got some great products there at rogueshop.com, including uh, tinctures, uh, cartridges, uh, edibles, lotions. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff for any type of needs that you may have, whether you're dealing with stress and anxiety, you're dealing with, you need some help sleeping, you're dealing with chronic pain and inflammation. Well, these products can really help you out tremendously. Uh, it's a husband and wife, small business, rogueshop.com. And the husband is a disabled veteran that was turned on to these products as opposed to pharmaceutical solutions to deal with some of his symptoms, including pain, stress, anxiety, sleep deprivation. And it worked so well for him, the natural remedies of CBD and Delta 8, that uh, he wanted to start his own company to share it with you. So that's why you should head over to rogueshop.com. It's rogueshop.com. They've got a chat feature there. You can chat with a real-life human being. It's a small business, not some big corporation that's, you know, you're talking to a robot on the chat feature. Head over there now. Hit the chat feature. They can help you uh, select all the products that you need based on your needs and wants. So they support us. And if you, uh, you can support us by supporting them. So head over to rogueshop.com and uh, buy some great products. Okay, Matt, let's, uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this Thursday night Wolfpack game at the Carter. Had a little bit of everything. Matt, you've been you've been on the beat for a while now. 
this, uh, I mean, this had everything you could possibly ask for in an NC State game. It was the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. And at the end of the game, you don't really know if you should be happy or sad or disappointed. <laughs> but there is some hope. There is some hope after this game that maybe, just maybe, NC State found a solution to figure out a way to finish out this regular season on a high note. And maybe, uh, I mean, with this new-look pack and this new-look offense, with that freshman quarterback, MJ Morris, maybe NC State's got a little bit more hope in the rest of these games uh, with four more to go, six and two. I mean, four winnable games, four losable games left. But, Matt, right, what's three, your main? Three losable games left. When Boston okay. College the Boston College lost to UConn. Hey, shout out to UConn. Strength the schedule for NC State, by the way. Four and five, UConn. Just it saying. could be bowl eligible. Could be bowling. Yeah, all three of our NC State's FBS opponents could be bowl eligible by the end of the year. Not not something you would have thought uh, entering the season. But uh, but Matt, what what was your main takeaway from Thursday? Yeah, I thought you hit it on the on the head for about oh forty minutes of that game. It was about as bad as I've experienced at NC State. I mean, I've experienced a lot of bad football games at NC State, uh, but considering circumstances of what the season was hoping to be, considering it was coming um, off the uh, bye week or off week, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, to be down 21-3 to a pretty bad Virginia Tech football team. The manner of which it quickly became 21-3, where the defense just seemed to implode and give up three really big plays, including an 85-yard touchdown pass. The manner of which the offense, which you didn't think could look any more hapless than it looked at, you know, Syracuse and Florida State, was far more hapless than in those two games up until that point. And then, frankly, the last 20 minutes, it's not just a rally. I don't think people probably appreciate it. They didn't just rally and win the game. For the last 20 minutes, they dominated a team about as much as you could dominate a team over a 20-minute stretch. They scored three touchdowns on three possessions. Virginia Tech had one first down, and that was on Peyton Wilson throwing the quarterback out of bounds on an unnecessary roughness penalty, which negated a third down stop um, and then when they get the ball back with 535 to go partially thanks to some rookie mistake by the first year head coach uh, Brent Pry at Virginia Tech he only had mm -hmm. one timeout NC State literally ran out the last 535 of, of the clock um, so the last 20 minutes was a thoroughly dominating on both sides of the ball even special teams they nearly had a turnover on Virginia Tech he uh, nearly forced a turnover on the Virginia Tech kick return. So for the last 20 minutes, they just completely dominated Virginia Tech, which is also a bit of an indictment on Virginia Tech about how poor they are, and it never could have been in that situation, which is an indictment on the first 40 minutes. of. And that's kind of, I think you saw a lot of NC State fans I saw on Twitter were very frustrated and kind of had to eat some crow after the game and were, I think, almost defensive about the comments and, and not necessarily acknowledging how that was a fun comeback and win um, because they don't want to admit that they overreacted to the first 40 minutes. And, and frankly, they probably didn't overreact to the first 40 minutes. It was that bad, but it is a 60-minute football game. So 
I think you kind of summed it up. Hey, they were about as low as low as could be there for 40 minutes. And then the last 20 minutes was, was pretty special football. And the question is, are we going to look back at this and say in about three years, that was the moment M.J. Morris arrived. That was M.J. Morris' moment. That was the moment in they found their next quarterback. Because it was, went back and watched the game. That, that was a quarterback that found a lot of rhythm and did some little things like sidestepping the pressure or looking off a receiver or going through progressions it, that really uh, you did not anticipate that somebody who just got here in the summer would be able to do so quickly in the college game. And he has all the tools. I mean, it, you know, going with Jack Chambers going into the Syracuse game, I think that the, the the logic behind that was, you know what you're getting with Jack Chambers. With MJ Morris, a young player, you don't exactly know how he's going to respond to the pressure of, you know, maintaining what's supposed to be one of the most special seasons in your program's history. And oh, by the way, these are his first snaps at, you know, FBS level, Power Five level college football. And, you know, ideally you would have liked to start him off against an opponent like UConn, or you'd like to put him in in an advantageous situation. But NC State found itself in a situation where they really, they had to stop playing conservative. And that, you know, that's been the tendency of this team all year, is they're a very conservative team when it comes to decision-making, when it comes to just general approach to to game plans um they rely on their defense they rely on strong special teams and you know while the offense has struggled to produce all season part of part of the lackluster results on the offensive end have also just been the conservative play calling and what you saw was a team that was desperate down 21 to 3 in the second half that said you you can't you can't throw any more screen passes you can't you can't run the ball on second and long anymore. You gotta, you gotta start taking chances down the field, which is exactly how Virginia Tech took a twenty-one-three lead. By the way, they weren't gonna win that game, dinking and dunking against the NC State defense. They had to take some shots. They had to roll the dice, and guess what? They had some big plays. That that's that's how that's how inferior opponents can beat better teams. Um, but. The way this ended and the way that MJ Morris was able to step up in the pressure of the situation with, I mean, really, the season on the line, the the program's general morale on the line. I mean, can you imagine, this would be a much different podcast had NC State just not been able to figure anything out on offense for the rest of that game and Virginia Tech goes on to win 21-3 to or 21-6. to uh, We'd be having a much different conversation here now that doesn't excuse what was on the field for the first 40 minutes of the game there are obviously some red flags there and seeing nc state trail a team like virginia tech by 18 regardless of who was at quarterback but um like i said the Hokies took some chances do you want to see the defense step up and make some stops there yes but at the end of the day the defense still performed well because you're looking at a team that had 293 total yards scored 21 points and I mean all 20 basically all 21 were the results of at least one explosive play you already mentioned the 85 yard pass for a touchdown I mean that's a third of their yards yeah. just that one play and 
So I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned about the defense, uh, and I'm more encouraged about the offense than really you have been all season. Yeah. I mean that that NC State in the fourth quarter offensively that had to be their best offensive quarter all season. That had to be the first. That, that was the first time you felt like NC State had a an above average offense, or it looked yeah. like an above average offense. Well, they took the ball back the last possession. I knew they were going to score. That's the first time you felt that way against a power five team this year, really. You, you knew they were going to score the football because Morris was in great rhythm. You knew Virginia Tech was on his heels. If you really dive into the nitty-gritty of the game, there was a huge time of possession advantage building up for NC State. And you knew that Virginia Tech defense was probably also a little bit on their last fumes, running low on gas. Um yeah, my only question is I told Ethan uh, McDowell who, and after the game, my only the only question I had was I knew NC State was going to score, but could Virginia Tech get one more explosive play and they had a good kicker to potentially get a late field goal and pull it out or, or something to that effect, and that, that obviously did not happen. So, um, you know, that was the only question I had. And you hadn't felt that way about the offense in a long time. Um yeah, I, I tend to agree that there probably was a conservative philosophy. I do think, you know, Dave Dorton said after the game, he said, well, he thought that Thayer Thomas touchdown, which was a beautiful throw by uh, MJ Morris, hit him right in stride, right in the breadbasket. Didn't have to break a stride, or kept him in front of the defender. And I think Dorton said, yeah, finally we proved that we could actually complete a pass where the ball went 20 yards in the air. You know, and kind of concept. Yeah, you kind of half joking, but I think that I bet you if you were to ask Dorn and Tim Beck, they would say, "Yeah, no, you know, no blank. We need to throw the ball downfield." You know, sometimes it's not always the play calling. Sometimes the quarterback's not pulling the trigger, or sometimes the receivers right. aren't getting open, or sometimes the pressure is not holding up. And we're like, "Why are they being so conservative?" And they're like, "Every time we are calling." risky downfield big plays and they're not working when I getting them off and so and I'm sure that's been going on but it did seem like it was more like I don't know if the play calling loosened up or if MJ Morris with the quarterback who said screw it I'm slinging it you know and so he took the play calls and ran with it versus perhaps I do wonder perhaps that Devin Lilly was being a little bit too cautious at times and it sure seemed Jack Chambers was being too cautious, looking to run the football when the pressure came. You mentioned the decision to start Chambers real quick. I just I thought that was the right decision. I admit I was wrong in thinking I was going back to the old Bailey Hockman, Ben Finley debate from 2020, which you and I had a lot of fun debates about. You know, that schedule was set up for Bailey Hockman could win games. You didn't need yet to turn the page and try to develop the future and, you know, and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that was kind of what we were seeing here. Jack Chambers, I thought, could win. Especially when you saw how the Clemson quarterbacks did against Syracuse and how Jack Chambers' numbers against Syracuse were better than the Clemson quarterbacks against Syracuse. But he just didn't have it on, on Thursday night. The one question on him was accuracy. He was not a high-percentage passer at Charleston Southern. And you saw early in that game, overthrowing guys. 
guys were open and he was missing them. And MJ Morris was very accurate. I went back and got every pass uh, diagrammed and charted. And there were maybe three or four passes that were off the mark. Completely off the mark. One he of, was throwing lasers and he was throwing darts. Yep. Yeah, one of them was a miscommunication where Devin Carter ran a comeback or a, a stop route and, and Morris thought he was going uh, on a post route or vertical. That was one yeah. of them. But, um, yeah, he, would put, he was giving his receivers a chance. He was letting it loose. And so when we talk about the offense letting it loose, I think that was a two-way system, a two-way street, I should say. The play calling has to let it loose, but also the quarterbacks have to let it loose. And MJ did that, and he let Thayer Thomas and Devin Carter and Mr. Young Terrell Timmons Jr. do their things, and and it paid off. And so now the question is, the book is out on MJ Morris. Yeah. Virginia Tech didn't have that book, and Wake Forest does. And then when Wake Forest sees him. Louisville going to have an even bigger uh, a Boston College, and then Louisville, they're going to have thicker books on MJ Moore. So how does he handle that? That's going to I think it goes without saying he's got to be the starting quarterback going oh. forward. So, Is so there even how a question? He, Is there even a question? So. No. There should what not be. What odd that the depth chart would say or? Zero. Oh my! You say zero? You don't think they'll try to play mind games with Wake Forest, or is it even work? I mean, Wake Forest ain't. Uh, uh, actually, yeah, no. I mean, Wake Forest isn't going to fall for it. Wake Forest knows MJ Morris is starting a quarterback, so do you want to go through the correct? No, no, no. no. I'd like to change. I'd like to change my answer from zero to a hundred percent that there's going to be an or on the depth chart. Now, behind closed doors, Dave Dort and Tim Beck are going to take their young freshman over and say, "MJ, don't listen." Not, nothing to worry about, my friend. You are getting all the first-team reps. You are starting this game. You are going to finish it so long as you don't get injured. Um, but, yes, that is – yes. And if if there is any type of gamesmanship that can be had in a depth chart, NC State's going to do it. Um, and it's not but, like what, the only question is, is you're going to go through the trade, right? Because Wake Forest isn't going to fall for it. You know, Wake no. Forest is not going to waste any time. Oh, you really fooled Dave Clawson there. <laughs> pull, the, pull the rabbit out of her hat and unleash Jack Chambers on the Demon Deacons. Yeah, they'll do the homework on Chambers just in case he comes in at the backup, but they're going to scout. The scout team's going to be running MJ Morris, 16 yeah. jersey, and not the 14 yeah. jersey on scout team for the scout team quarterback. So, um, but, yeah, and I also, real quick, I think NC State needed that too. I think that was a nice morale boost. Yeah. Um, and as I say, offense can actually get some rhythm. And it was just such a grind. I mean, the offense would actually move the football. They would get some first down. But it was such a grind because you had to do it first down, the first down, the first down. And it was taking 10 to 12 plays to get to the red zone. That's just not sustainable. One penalty, one negative play, and the whole thing blows up. And that's just not a sustainable way to be running an offense. I get a good way to maybe wrap this up, Matt. I mean, as low as NC State fans probably felt on Thursday night. And I saw the tweets. I didn't look at the message board, but I can only imagine what the message board looked like. I saw the stands when the extra points were being kicked in the second half. Uh, 
there was some frustration. But for all that frustration and for all, as ugly as it looked on Thursday night, guess what we're getting ready for over the next four weeks? NC State still has basically everything still left on the table that they sands the ACC championship hopes. That ship has sailed. All right, we're, we've moved on. We gotta we gotta have some closure there. Let go of the ACC championship hopes. One day, maybe. But one of the other big goals, or two rather, entering the season is can NC State win 10 games and can NC State make a New Year's Six Bowl? If you put those two together, or really, I mean, if you get one or one or the other, I mean, it's still going to be one of the best seasons in NC State football history uh, if you accomplish either of those things. So guess what? NC State, four games left on the schedule. They got a chance to win 10 in the regular season. They got six wins. They got four left. They, well, they actually got five left, guaranteed now. Mm-hmm. They're full eligible. And guess what? Wake Forest just got smacked by Louisville on Saturday. I uh, have not seen the most recent ranking rankings, Matt, but I assume that Wake Forest is going to fall from their number 10 ranking in the AP poll. In fact, is it the first college football playoff poll coming out this week, Matt? Yeah, actually, in the Coastal poll, Wake fell all the way to 19. NC State's 20, so they're the one... And yes, you are correct. Today, you will get to see the NC State Director of Athletics, Boo Corrigan, and under the sun, under the spotlight, uh, representing yes. the uh, playoff committee. Which you know, he'll get all the all the crap dumped on him. You know, people don't realize he's not making the decisions, right? He's he's really a, committee chairman is a nice, fancy way of saying spokesperson for the committee. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least, at least we know. I mean, Boo's pretty good. He's, I think he's pretty good at uh, public relations and, and speaking engagements. So at least he won't, I think, choke on his words like some of the uh, former spokespeople yeah. have in the past. But they also put those guys in really tough spots, anyways. Um, hold on, my one of my ESPN tabs is playing a video. I'm sure the. Listeners of this podcast know all about that when you got ESPN scoreboard up and then all of a sudden a video starts playing. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is, look, NC, I mean, now it's a race to see who can finish second in that college football playoff poll out of the ACC for that Orange Bowl slot, um, you know, assuming Clemson runs the table. You want Clemson to run the table at this point. You want them to go 13-0 and and secure a spot in the college football playoffs so that they're not the ones taking the Orange Bowl bid. But assuming that happens, then the second highest ranked team would go to the Orange Bowl, and NC State is very much in play because the main two competitors to be second second highest ranked, uh, well, actually three, because right. you got Syracuse in the equation too, which, oh, by the way, Syracuse lost to Notre Dame. So yeah. They're going to fall in the rankings as well. Um so it's NC State, Syracuse, Wake Forest, North Carolina, all competing, all very similarly ranked in that you know fifteen to twenty-five range um, of the poll to be expected, I guess, on Tuesday. Um, and NC State's got Wake Forest coming up, and they got UNC to end the season. So, yep. you know, I think it's yep. safe to say that if NC State if NC State wins the next four games, well, easier said than done. But if it wins the next four games, then I don't see any way that it's not ranked second out of the ACC programs and theoretically a 10 win regular season with a chance to go to an orange bowl is still very much on the table for the Wolfpack. 
Uh, yeah, I mean that that you know that's the ultimate goal. You know, with within that ultimate goal, I think you have to approach it as taking one goal at a time, and if you achieve that goal, and then you achieve the next goal, and then you achieve the next goal, and then the last goal, and next thing you know, the big goal is there, right? And that what you just talked about, and it definitely, I, I agree with you. The only hiccup with that is if Syracuse were also to win out. And then that becomes a trickier situation because but don't they have Florida State still left on the schedule? They got Wake Forest still left on their schedule, so yeah. you kind of need you want to make sure Syracuse also. If, if the three things that would guarantee that scenario: a, you win out; b, Clemson wins out. I don't think there's any way undefeated Clemson does not make the college football playoff. You know, Ohio State and Michigan will play each other in a, a playoff elimination game most likely because neither one of them have a strength of schedule to back up being a one-loss team in the college football playoff, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Georgia and Tennessee are playing each other this weekend. Um, yeah, those two teams probably couldn't make a case as a one-loss team being in the mix, but are you going to put the one-loss team over an undefeated ACC team? I mean, that, that gets dicier. You don't yeah. really have, have a, an option from the – and furthermore, there's no option left from the Big 12 or the Pac-12 to get in over Clemson undefeated Clemson. Right. So, yeah, so that almost locks in Clemson to the playoff if, if they go undefeated. Of course, NC State's got to win out, and then you need one loss from Syracuse. You mentioned they got some tough games. Their, their schedule was so backloaded. You and I talked before the podcast. A lot of these teams you see in the top 25 from, say, 10 onwards, and a lot of it was about how their schedule played out, how their health situation has played out, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, some of these teams, like a Syracuse, dare I say it, like a UNC, have had unbelievable setups this year and that's not all predictable that wasn't that's not their fault they, but they've taken advantage of it and that's the important thing for those schools but they had great setups this year and and so they have taken advantage of that Syracuse you know, the, the, in fairness so is NC State I had the setup this year yes they've had a good setup I would disagree to the extent that they had to go to Clemson, then they had to go to Syracuse without their starting quarterback who gets hurt the week before. Um, right, but assume, I mean, you can't predict your quarterback being hurt. And just yeah, watching that Syracuse game, there's definitely some, man, what could have happened if MJ Morris was possible. the entirety of that game? Because <laughs> NC State didn't, I mean, they were outplayed. But that was simply because you just knew that offense was never going to get anything going. And that's what I, I talk had about. some offense. But that's why you talk about the setup. I mean, you can't, you're not going to go right to the true freshman right off over an older guy who was an all-conference quarterback at the FCS level first game. Right. So that's why I kind of think they've had a tougher setup. But also, you got to look at Texas Tech ended up being a lot better than we thought people would be. And East Carolina, props to them, just won at BYU to go bowl eligible, and they beat Central Florida, if I recall, recently, too, who I think just got popped into the top 25. Maybe like one. we said, ECU's probably going to be an 8-4, and 9-3 team. Yeah, 6-3 yeah, right now. They had the one bad, bad loss. I think it was the Navy or something to that effect, but otherwise have held up really well. Um, I actually think NC State ended up having a far tougher, more challenging setup 
than yeah. expected. Than expected. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was a long one way of saying Syracuse has got the opposite effect in the second half of the year. It was a very backloaded schedule, and, and so we'll yeah. see how they handle that. And, and UNC actually continued to get a great setup because other than going to Winston, Winston-Salem, they get NC State at home. They still have really crappy coastal teams left on their schedule with Virginia and Georgia Tech. We just saw Georgia Tech get co-dumped by Florida State. We saw Virginia not score a touchdown, I think, in four overtimes. You can just say coastal. You don't have to say bad coastal because it's kind of implied when you say coastal. Yeah. So, um, so obviously the only hope, I mean, you got to hope that UNC loses to Wake Forest and then NC State. And, you know, that takes care of, because they'll probably, come to think of it, it could be a scenario where UNC loses to Wake, but then beats North Carolina, uh, beats NC State, maybe jumps back ahead of NC State in the rankings and plays well enough in an ACC title game against Clemson to hold mm-hmm. this spot. So... Well, of course, they're, if, if they can give UNC any type of bump to make that ACC championship game more attractive, like if they, if, they can, if they have the opportunity to put them in the top 15 just to make it look like it's a competitive ACC championship game, they will. So yeah. that, that NC State-UNC game at the end of the season could have a lot riding on it. Yeah. Um, but all of this, I will say this, all of this is mute. If that NC State team that played the first 40 minutes against Virginia Tech plays like that for say 15 minutes against Wake Forest. Oh yeah. yeah. It's done. You'll be down you'll be you'll be down twenty eight zip. Yeah. Yeah. It's done. I mean Wake Forest did have a bad, bad loss at Louisville, but that was a turnover fest. I think they had six turnovers in the second half or something to that effect. It was something yeah, insane. I think they had eight total turnovers. Yeah. That's not gonna happen again. So oh, no. You know, it, no, it's not. That, that's one of those games where, you know, I'm sure somebody's going to ask, hey, Dave, what do you take away from the Louisville game? Nothing. They're not going to turn the ball over eight times again. You just burn the tape. There's nothing to be gathered from that film. They, they, you knew Wake at some point were going to have an off day. And okay. they've had, and, and it if, if, Not to go Jeff Bizdelic on you, but, you know, if you take away the 35-0 to zero third quarter, Wake Forest wins that game 20, 21-13. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> I'm not I'm, – and by the way, I'm not saying that uh, 10 wins and an Orange Bowl appearance should be the expectation. I'm simply saying it's in play. And at the end of the day, that's what college football is all about is the hope and the opportunity and the chance for something special to happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, NC State fans are not going to – at this point, they are not going to get up for a – uh, nine and three, eight and four, Meineke Car Care, Duke's Mayo Bowl appearance because NC State has been there and done that, and I'm not taking away from that. There's still good football teams that do that, and ideally, you'd like to do that year in, year out. But still saying, the special season is still in play despite all of the context of the season, and despite you know, it's hard to it, it's easy to forget sometimes. Matt, NC State entered this year ranked in the preseason poll. They've been ranked the entire season. They have not fallen out of the rankings. I can't remember the last time that's happened. And it doesn't feel like it this year, but that has been the case. So, that did too. Um, uh, kind of, but it goes back to what we talked about last year. 
it's fun to be playing important football games in November. And yeah. you're right. It may not seem like it the way the season gone because it has probably been a letdown from what you were hoping to begin the year, but you're still playing important football games in November. And that, yeah, we have to remember the history of NC State. Hey, they, they, we have not been playing these type of important games in November, year in, year out. They did last year, and they're doing so again this year. And so can, how long can they keep playing important games in November? If you don't play well against Wake Forest, you won't be playing important games much longer in November. So this game right here, this Saturday, is big one. Huge. Yeah, it's big. Now, the only thing I think it does so is that Wake Forest on the road is not quite as impressive as Wake Forest at home. And so that is something to remember this week is when you start thinking about this football game. I mean, they, the Florida State win was a nice win, but 31 points is kind of on the low end for what they normally do mm-hmm. offensively. And obviously they had the turnover fest at Louisville. So, um, you know, everybody's thinking that Wake was a juggernaut, clear second best team in the ACC. You got a wake-up call. They are not invincible. They are human. Um, yeah, They are beatable. But NC State going to have to play the last 20 minutes against Virginia Tech version to have a chance. Well, big big one. I think home field is going to make a big impact in this game. So uh, we'd love to see Carter Finley rocking for yet another night game at the Carter this year. Has there even been a day game? I don't think so. Wasn't one of the early games? Maybe Charlton Chatham, something like that. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I think that was still like a mid-afternoon game, though. No noon games, that's for sure. Yeah. It's late. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Well. Another late night for Matt Carter. You, you got me looking in, at the weather. I'm trying to. Oh. You'll sleep in December. Yeah. At least the initial forecast is somewhat optimistic that it won't be oh. like 30 degrees. That's how you know it's a big. That's how you know the excitement's back with Wolfpack Nation is when Matt Carter's pulling up the weather app. Now that's the selfish reasons. I'm pulling it up because oh. I want to know what I'm walking out into at about one or two a.m. in the morning. Is it going to be? Pretty cold. Yeah, do I need to ask somebody to start my car for me before I hit the... Uh, okay, or will I have a manageable walk and not be, you know, freezing to death when I get the first five minutes of my car ride? So that's what that that's what that's about. Hopefully, you'll still have the adrenaline of a hard fought win. Uh, yeah, to keep to give you an extra layer to to the walk uh, to the car. Also, my, Justin will get pumped up about this. We will have NC State basketball this week, too. Exhibition game. First exhibition game. Let's, let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's go. And um, uh, there might be some big news coming down the pipe for the pack. I don't uh, know when I'm putting this podcast up. So I probably shouldn't be talking about this because uh, we're recording at 2 p.m. And uh, yeah, an announcement is coming at 5 p.m. I'm Jose Perez, the... The uh, preseason Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference Player of the Year, whose coach was fired, so he's transferring. Mm. We're seriously looking at NC State, and that would be a huge get because he's a 6'5 backcourt player that can really fit one of the last remaining needs of this team. So, see, okay. see, see what he does. 
Optimism with NC State basketball. I love. I love. To and if you're it, listening to the podcast, it. if I'm like an idiot and I get it up at 8 p.m. and Perez is going to Georgia Tech or or some school like that or West Virginia, then just ignore the past minute and just skip yeah. skip straight to Justin Williams finishing out this podcast right now. Yeah, just blame just blame nil. Just get get on Twitter and start blaming nil. Uh, but yeah, okay, well. More to come, Wolfpack fans. We'll be back on the pod next week to talk about Wake Forest. Still still feels like football season. Not, not quite ready for basketball season yet, but I'll get there. Um, but anyways, I think we, I think it's safe to assume that we're both giving our game balls to MJ Morris. Can we just yep. both give them to MJ Morris and move it along? Honorable mention to Thayer Thomas, but yeah, MJ Morris. Yes, I mean, we've given Thayer plenty of love on this pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's a well-liked figure on the pod, so... Uh, Love to see that MJ Morris, the Thayer Thomas connection. Game balls there. That's going to do it for this podcast. Tune back in next week for a Wake Forest game preview. That should be fun. Uh, some quick reminders before we tune out. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, we're there. Plus, you can always watch us on YouTube. Where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it. Follow us on social media at The Wolfpacker on Twitter is our main account. At Justin H. Will, if you want to give me a follow on Twitter and give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com. Head over to the Wolfpacker.com right now. Take advantage of a special deal for just 10 bucks. You can get premium subscription to the Wolfpacker.com as well as the on three network through the beginning of next college football season for just 10 bucks. So uh, take advantage of that special deal. Head to the Wolfpacker.com now. Get all of your premium NC State athletic news and information just like that little nugget that matt dropped at the end typically we don't do those on the podcast but you know where he does typically do that on the message board and what do you need to do to unlock the message board you need to head over to the wolfpacker.com take advantage of that special ten dollar deal you're going to get premium subscription through the beginning of next college football season and you can get nuggets and tidbits like that all year long so uh that ten dollars is going to be a great investment for any NC State fan. And last but not least, head over to rogueshop.com and support our sponsor of the pod, rogueshop.com. Uh, they have premium CBD and Delta 8 cannabis uh, goods. They've got uh, tinctures. They've got oils. They've got, uh, they've got edibles. They've got lotions. They've got all different types of products to help you with your stress and anxiety, your uh, any, any type of sleep deprivation you have. You have trouble falling asleep. These products will help you tremendously. And lastly, uh, chronic pain and inflammation. These are great natural remedies to help with some of those things. Uh, founded by a husband and wife, the husband is a disabled veteran that was turned on to Delta 8 and CBD products to help with some of his chronic pain and stress and anxiety and sleep deprivation. And uh, he just it, it did such wonders in his life that he wanted to pass along these products and start his own business so that he could help others like him get turned on to these natural remedies for health and wellness. So head over to rogueshop.com, take advantage of their chat feature. You're chatting with real life human beings, not a robot. It's a small business, husband and wife owned. Uh, and you'll be talking with one of them most likely. Head over there, hit the chat feature. You can get some help with what products best fit your needs and wants and you know, based on you know what you need help with. So. Uh, head over there now, rogueshop.com. If you support us, support them. Head over to rogueshop.com. They've got some great products, so start shopping now. That's going to do it for this podcast. For Matt Carter, I'm Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. <laughs>